0: I was in this place where I had left my husband. I had decided to leave my business. I was during the day looking like I was a fashion designer. And at night, I was sleeping in my friend's backyard in a tent. Today's episode is going to go a little differently because since launching the podcast, I've had so many conversations with people about the messiness of life and the magic on the other side. And why talking to others about it, hearing about it in others' lives and sharing it feel so pertinent right now. It's helped me understand the deeper why of starting the podcast. And since I've been having this very conversation with others, I wanted to share that with you, the listener. So for this episode, I'd like to share with you why I started the podcast and as well give you a bit of a peek behind who I am, your host, Zoe Weldon. Therefore, today's show comes in two parts. Part one, me having the chance to share with you more about why I felt called to launch didn't see that coming. And part two, David Hawkman, celebrity journalist for the New York Times, Forbes and GQ and master question asker, is back to weave his interview skills and put me in the hot seat. Part one, the why. Life is simple, said no one ever. It's more a series of pivots that propel us towards our greatest and most fulfilling lives. It's easy to say that when we're on the other side of it and celebrating the wins and results of it, but much harder when we're in the middle of those twists and turns. 2020 has been a lot of that, but on crack. For many of us, or dare I say all of us, we've spent the year wrangling, weathering, or navigating some major shift. It's been a big year, and here's the thing, so is life. Life is big, it's messy, it's a work in progress, and it's not the straight line we grow up believing it's going to be. And I didn't really get that until recently when my life fell in on itself a few years ago. I left sunny Australia where I'd lived for 20 years and returned to Canada to face the past, navigate my mom passing away, and try to pivot my business to another country, leaving me feeling confused, anxious, and alone, and as though I was on the other side of the right side of life. And in that space, I found that I needed to hear that I wasn't alone. And to hear stories of risk-taking and resilience. I wanted to be, I, I needed to be inspired by other people's stories of how they got through the mess. I also wanted to hear about the magic of what lies on the other side. What was and is possible? What business did people start? What status quo did they feel compelled to push against? When did they listen to their gut and it led them in the exact right direction? I realized that if I needed that, that others might too. And as 2020 unfolded and brought with it a cascade of challenges that we've not been exposed to, so en masse like this, I saw in myself and in others that, yes, being at home for long periods of time was wonderful, but what about when it's not? What about when you lose your job or your marriage breaks down or you have to close your business? That messiness of life that we normally live through is right now really loud. It's a year that has brought with it so much change and so many pivots we didn't see coming that right now... It feels important to share how others have navigated change in their own lives big, small, traumatic, ancestral, personal. You know, how others have found their way through. Because when we share our stories, we can't help but feel hope, connection, and that we're not alone. Life is a series of choices and pivots. And right now, those pivots might look like starting your own business or heading down the road of a new career path. And isn't it so helpful to then hear about how others built their business? where they started, the pitfalls and challenges they faced. So I wanted to hear from business owners, what drove them to make the changes? What did it look like to leap into the unknown? What did it feel like? And what can we learn and be inspired by, by these risk takers, innovators, and extraordinary people who listen to their gut to follow a path less ordinary? In my own life, I've been through some big hurdles. I've traveled through India alone with a freshly shaved head moved to Australia to be an outdoor instructor. Yes, I have a spider bite and I have been chased by a poisonous snake. And I've gone through a heartbreaking divorce that took me seven years to get over. I've also lost my apartment, had my trainer fire me, had my car explode on the side of the road in the middle of the night on my way to the airport. Did I mention that that was all at the same time? I've also been through early menopause and I recently lost my mom. And these have all been challenging. And though I didn't see the magic in them at the time, they all propelled me towards the next thing in life and work, while also just quietly in the background, showing me how resilient I am. What I'm getting at is that it's all intertwined and that work and life aren't separate. What affects your life affects your work affects your life. You get it. Your life might not be where you thought it would be, but through hearing other stories, my hope is that it will show you that there is no right way to live, no straight trajectory. And that's perfect. You're perfect. Your life is perfect. And one thing I know for sure is that we're all going through something and everyone feels the same way. We're all going to go through hard times. That's inevitable, but it's what we do with that and how we process it. I pulled a card before I hit record today and I wanted to share it with you because what I pulled was uncanny. This card is from Rebecca Campbell's Work Your Light deck. And it said, The challenge of life is to keep your heart open when you most want to close it. Being human is a courageous act. Perhaps you are going through a difficult time. Instead of cursing the difficulty, see it as a blessing. To open yourself up to the truth that perhaps as hard as it may be, life is happening for you, not to you. And one day in the not-too-distant future, you may just bless the very thing that broke you down and cracked you open. Because the world needs you open. Part 2. The Hot Seat David Hockman is a journalist who's interviewed people like Oprah, Deepak Chopra, and President Donald Trump. David was my guest on episode one, which if you haven't listened to it, definitely go back and check it out because not only is he an incredible journalist who's interviewed most of the US's most influential celebrities, he's also a captivating storyteller. So I highly recommend going back and having a listen. And I asked him if he'd come back to interview me. So in this part of the episode, we talk more deeply about what I've learned from talking to people about their life path and work, the surprises and what people have come back to me with about the podcast. And I also share about my marriage ending, how I deal with feeling lost, and why I really wear a giant silver disco ball winter jacket. So for this slightly different episode, I'm Zoe Weldon and straight from LA and one of the kindest humans I know. Here's David Hockman back for a second time on Didn't See That Coming. Hi, David. Welcome back to the show.
1: I did not think I was going to be back so soon, but I am I've just been waiting every day for an invitation to come back. So thank you.
0: I'm so glad to have you back. Thank you so much for coming back to the show. And this is just such a joy to have you back. And you said in your episode that it felt strange being on the other side of the interview as the interviewee. And since starting the podcast, I've had some really great conversations with people wanting to know why I started the podcast. So I thought I'd ask you back and what you're so skilled at doing, which is being a journalist and have you actually interview me about why I started the podcast.
1: That's great. And I'm already so much more comfortable just being in the questioning (laughs) position. So this is great for me. I see that uh, your hats are behind you. And I always think of you from Instagram wearing these great hats. But now, you know, we get to find out about the woman who's under that hat. So I just wanted to start by saying, what was it that made you want to use a podcast as a forum? Like, what was it about that? The intimacy? Was it that you got to get into people's ears and brains? What was it that made you want to do a podcast specifically?
0: I think what it is, is that for me, I was starting to really love the medium of podcasts. I was listening to them a lot and I was doing things that i hadn't done before and i would go for long walks and i would listen to podcasts and i felt like i was so connected to the people and the stories that they were telling and i was doing it in a way that i was in my own environment listening to these stories and i loved that way to be able to hear people's stories and i loved that it was a longer format it wasn't just the little clips and bites of instagram it was the deeper stories of what people were sharing and so as a medium i just loved podcasts and i was really inspired to be creative and have it as a creative outlet. And, and it all just kind of came together. And I had this idea. It was kind of percolating, bubbling away. And I was sitting in a park and I shot a friend a message. And I sent you a message and I got back immediate yeses. So I thought, okay, well, obviously I'm being directed in some, you know, divine direction. It feels good.
1: And the theme of the podcast is that you didn't see this cunning. You know, some twist happens, some other path that you didn't expect happens. And you take it. Talk a little bit about where that comes from in your own experience in your own life. Is this the life that when you were fifteen or sixteen you thought you'd be having, the one you're living right now?
0: Absolutely not. When I was fifteen, I totally thought that I would have three kids, I'd be married, I would have this like amazing job, even though I had no idea what that job was gonna be. But I thought that this life would be what I imagined it would be and what I had kind of thought that was going to be this perfect happy life. And it's not been that. It didn't like there were so many things in my life that I did not see coming. There's a line that I love that I heard Baron Baptiste say many years ago, and he's a, a yoga teacher and he said, change is messy. And it made me think, Life is messy. Life is super messy. This life that I'm in now and the one that I'm leading and and where I've come from has been really messy. And You know, there's beauty in that, but it's definitely not where I thought I was going to be.
1: Yeah, like the motto at my son's high school is, and they have this actually on the wall as you're coming in, it says there's magic in the mess. And (laughs) that's true. So from someone who didn't take the exact path that you thought you were going to take, you still have lived an incredible life. Like, talk about some of the things that you're proud of that you've done, not the things that you didn't get to do. So, what are this? This is a chance for you to brag now. So, just talk about like some of the true joys that your 15 year old self might have thought, okay, that was cool. Just go for it. This feels so
0: indulgent. It feels really nice to kind of think back at it. I think what was beautiful was really like being at university, not knowing what I wanted to do and buying a ticket to go around the world. And I just went where I wanted to go. I traveled to all these places and I just, if it felt good, I would go. And then I met a beautiful man and we traveled together and then ended up, I remember being in Ireland and I was, he was from Ireland. Then we were in Ireland, sitting in his parents' house and I was holding my ticket that flew from Nepal back to Toronto. And it was this kind of incredible moment of like, all right, what's happening? What's next? And so I think it's doing things like that, traveling around the world on my own, even though I was absolutely terrified and being able to be an outdoor instructor and being able to like for years teaching people how to live in the outdoors in Australia
1: But then work-wise also, like you've been able to work around in two different continents and talk a little bit about that.
0: So I went and lived in India with some dear friends of mine who had a cafe there and it was wild. I remember going to Sri Lanka on a surf retreat and during the day I would be recording videos and working on business programs. And then in the morning I would have meditated and gone for a surf, come home, done this work. And then I would be back going surfing and meditating and hanging out with all these amazing people. And I couldn't believe that was like such a pinch me moment thinking I'm working while I'm on a surf and yoga retreat in Sri Lanka. And that felt so incredible to me that that was a reality of my life that I had created.
1: And then how old were you when you got married?
0: 2004, so I was 26.
1: And then you were married for how long?
0: Married for four and a half years.
1: Right. So the dream, the thing of married with three kids and house and all that stuff, after four years didn't work. And then what was the state of your mind and your life after that? What were those years immediately after that like?
0: The years after were really bad. I, um... I was very, very much in love and I was working as a fashion designer and I had my own business and my life felt on the outside what I thought that it was going to be moving towards. It felt really great. And within a very short period of time, I realized that it all was pretty false and I ended up, I was in this place where I had left my husband. I had decided to leave my business. I was during the day looking like I was a fashion designer. And at night I was sleeping in my friend's backyard in a tent. And all I really owned was a computer. My life looked so confusing and I was so lost because I lived in Australia. I was from Canada and all the connections that I had there, I felt like I cut them all. So it felt like such a confusing, such a confusing time for me.
1: And so then when you're lost and your life is not where you think it's going to go, how do you start to put the pieces together? So how did you put the pieces together to feel like there was ground beneath you?
0: I think when it comes to that, it's community. It's the people that are around you. I think that's the biggest thing. It was kind of laughing at the woes. I landed on my feet. The backyard that I was living in, they had a pool And I would come home and some days I would literally walk in and I would fall into the pool in all my clothes and just be like, I can't, I don't have it in me like I'm done. And I would just get a call from the kitchen like, vodka tonic. (laughs) I remember this one moment when I felt so low, but I was in my tent and it was so warm because it's in Western Australia and Perth. So it's so warm in the summertime and I had no top on, on the tent. So it was all open. And there was this really great moment and I was watching Sex in the City under the stars in this tent and I was so joyful in that one little moment. It was like grabbing those little moments of joy and really just loving each of those moments and seeing them in that, like the, 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 the tininess of like, okay, this feels really good. And just kind of holding on to that for a little while because I knew the next thing would suck me off and I'd be off on this like roller coaster ride of emotion. But these little tiny moments of like, oh, that feels good. And just doing those little nice things for myself.
1: So what have you been learning talking to people for the podcast as they talk about their moments that they didn't see coming? Has that been reassuring to you? Has it been, has it made you feel like, oh, I wish I had taken another path? Or what, what's, what's the thing in common that you keep coming back to that's been inspiring or interesting to you?
0: It's actually been really reassuring. It's been so nice to hear from other people that it's messy for everyone. And it's kind of, there's two things that I've heard from the people that I've been speaking to is that number one, it's really messy. But the other one that's so great is that it's very gut based. People really listen to what their guts tell them. And sometimes it feels crazy, but you just got to go for it. Like you said, actually, and it's so wild, David. It has been ringing in my ears so much. I even just said it tonight. It's like those little baby steps. This feels good. Go towards it. I want to do a podcast. Oh, but I don't know any of things. Just start it. Just go for it. And it's those little baby steps. And I think that, hearing that from so many people who are doing things at large corporate level who are like leaving elite sports people who are breaking out on their own or moving through tragedy that so much of what happens for them makes us all so human we're all so similar in in what we kind of go through and that it is this kind of like really messy, murky stage that isn't this trajectory of like a straight line, like I'm in a bad place. I want to get to a good place. It's like, I'm in a good place and it's okay today. And then tomorrow it's not so good. And we're all human in that. And that has been really reassuring because it just keeps coming back to something that's so simple, but I'm in this place where I'm seeing so much of it is that that is kind of the beauty of being human.
1: Yeah. And there's no straight line. I mean, and nobody has it all together. And the more you know about someone, the more you know that, it, that it's a mess, which is also reassuring, I find. One thing that you said earlier was that you've been surprised by the reaction that you've gotten from people about the podcast. So what kinds of things have people been throwing back at you?
0: Some really beautiful, deep honesty. I think that has been something that I wasn't expecting. That people were, you know, I had a really lovely comment from somebody today, just after we had launched the, um, after I'd launched the episode of uh, with Ryan, just reaching out saying like, "Oh, what a dear human being! Like, what a beautiful man! And gosh, where are those other men that are like that?" And then the conversation was like, you know, "Girl, they're out there. Like, you know, just keep looking." And then she shared more about what was happening in her community, and this. This is opening up what I've needed and I've needed this too. Like I've left Australia, I've come back to Canada and that's not been an easy transition. So to have this kind of opening up, to be able to have these intimate, vulnerable conversations with people that are around the world that I have met or haven't met or haven't heard from. I heard from a guy today that I haven't heard from, honestly, in like six years. And he just sent me an email saying, you know, like it was so lovely to hear your voice again in my ears, which is hilarious because I think that I've got this, Kooky Canadian Aussie accent. I wasn't expecting that. And I think it's just, it's the vulnerability that I'm getting back from people. And that, I love that. That's the thing that I love about humans, like that vulnerability, that truth that below the bullshit of everything being like perfect, it's what's truly your story. And that's been really nice.
1: And I do think there is that beautiful thing that happens with podcasts, like when you're listening to the radio, that it's this intimacy that someone's in your ears and in your head and in your brain and for a while and you're on a walk or you're in your car or you're in quarantine somewhere and you're just one-on-one with that person and there is that intimacy. One of the things about good parenting is that A parent can say goodbye to their child. That child can go away, go all the way around the world and still feel connected to their, they could still have that family connection. And I always felt like you and your mother had that. Um, You could be in Australia, she could be in Canada, and it was a very, very strong relationship. I never met her, but seemingly from the outside, it looked like that, where you could go, the tethers really were there even if you were on the other side of the world. And now she's gone. And I'm just wondering about what your life has been like in the, in the absence of her presence.
0: Mm. It's been a long road. Definitely a long road. Mom and I had a very, very special relationship. She was an incredible person in my life. We were very similar. So we fought a ton. And for me, my mom was always going to be there. You know, always like I, I called her on Skype. I've got so many photos in my phone of me, like taking photos of us talking together on the phone. And, um, and she was my rock. She was my anchor to Canada, even though I lived in Australia for 20 years and I felt very at home there, there was this kind of this rock who was my mom. You know, she was always here. She was my greatest cheerleader. And I think that everyone who has a special relationship with their mom knows that nobody loves you like a mom. So coming home and choosing to stay here and I came back to Canada and I was sitting with my mom lying on the couch and she was on her chair at the other end and I said to her one day I just really love hanging out with you I really love being with you and I don't I don't know if I want to go back to Australia and she's like well if you don't want to you don't have to and then 5 months later she was gone and I was I like, I'm even super choked up now. Like she, I, I was so lost. And I think I'm just, I think that's why this podcast has felt so beautiful to me. Because to be honest, for the last two years, I just haven't known who I was. Grief is a very bumpy ride. I remember my friend saying, which is so beautiful, she's like, you know what, sometimes Zoe, if you need to just sit on a bus and you're on the bus and you need to cry, you just do that. And if it's snot and tears and you look crazy, you don't worry about it. That's grief. You just roll with it. And I needed to hear that stuff. And from living away from Canada for so long, I really needed to face a lot of stuff I hadn't looked at since I was younger. And I had to do that without my mom and I had to do that as me. And I think that the last two years has felt very sometimes dark and very bumpy going through all of it, but then also super beautiful at the same time. And and I have these like amazing memories of my mom now. And I'm, you know, like I'm definitely one of those people who talks to her mom all the time. (laughs) So I'm always just having a chat with mom. And now that I'm kind of coming out of these like two years of trying to figure out who I am and what makes me happy and doing something like this now, the podcast, and having that kind of sense of creativity and connecting with people has like completely reinvigorated me and it feels like I'm myself again.
1: What would she say about you now? What What do you think her reaction to all this would be?
0: Anyone who is connected to me on social media knows that in the past, if you ever made a comment, my mom would comment back to your comments. She was my greatest cheerleader in the world, so I think that she would probably have her house covered in photos. She probably would turn like her bed sheets into the cover of the podcast. She would tell everybody about it. She would be beyond proud.
1: I mean, I guess the point of I didn't see that coming is you can't really plan your life. And so when you think about the future, are you resigned to whatever happens, happens? Or do you now feel like, well, I have agency. I can make my life, I can direct my life in the way I want it to go. I mean, where, where, do, you, where do you stand on the, I didn't see it coming, so I'm just going to let it happen, versus now I know what my path is going to be.
0: I think it's kind of in between the two. I don't know what my path is going to be, but I'm resilient and I'm open to the direction that it's going to go in, however that looks. And I also know I'm going to get through it. I've been through so much. I have weathered a lot of storms. I've had my life completely fall in on me in Australia. I've been through a divorce. I've handled lots of bumpy things, big and small. And because of that, it's pushed me to try all these different, ways to look at what happens inside me I do a lot more meditating now I'm a lot better at things instead of it kind of like blowing me up I would be more curious and that word for some reason has been such a like a stake in the sand for me is that sense of curiosity like if something happens instead of being like oh my god this is terrible it's like huh, I wonder why this is happening interesting okay cool
1: one of the things that I love about you is that your access to joy, even in this this description of what you're saying, like life is hard, life is a mess, you've had some dark times, but you always somehow seem to have access to joy, even if it's through nature or through music or through something. Can you talk a little bit about your access to that and how when you find like you are lost, how you get back to yourself?
0: Sometimes it takes a lot more. Like the other day, I did not have access to it. I really had to work at it. So I, I had to do all the little things to just, just smile. Even if you don't want to, just smile. And that silly little thing can like, okay, now I'm smiling. All right, this is good. So many simple things that just make me so happy you know, going for a walk in nature if I'm just in kind of a a difficult place, like going for a walk to the park and listening to a podcast and doing something silly like talking out loud. Because I did that, I make myself laugh. And I think it's just pushing myself out of my comfort zone sometimes I think really helps. And music is a great one. Like I dance around in my kitchen a lot. There's something about that that brings me joy in like cutting down my own ego of feeling like I'm a particular way. Even right now, I have this gigantic, puffy disco ball winter jacket that goes to the ground. And even just wearing that, I know it's kind of silly. I know it's a hilarious big jacket, but the amount of smiles I get back from people when I wear it. This woman the other day was like, excuse me. Oh, hello. And she said, I just need to tell you and thank you gracing us with your presence in that beautiful, magnificent jacket of yours. That normally would never happen. Like people are very straight and don't talk to each other. So I think it's enjoying those little moments. And I do think that I have a very childish nature, like a little kid nature. And I do love to giggle and laugh and not take myself so seriously. And sometimes I got to work through it. But I know that the other side of that is like, you can sit in your stink or you can choose to get out of it. You have the choice. And sometimes I want to just sit in it. And other times it's like, okay, let's get out of this. Life is way more fun when you're in a joyful place.
1: I want to do a kind of a speed round just to find out some things that I don't know about you and don't overthink it and don't try to impress me and just really say what's on what comes to your mind first, because that's what's going to matter. What is the one book that you've read that you feel like is most like you? The Wave by Susan Casey. What was it about that?
0: Just all her conversation about the ocean, like learning about the ocean and feeling so connected to the ocean. For some reason, that book electrified me so much that I read all of her books. And in the last book, She went to Hawaii to go to a retreat with this like super woo-woo woman. And I was like, I'm going on that retreat. And I did. I went to Hawaii that year and I went on that retreat. And so I would say the book that's the most me would probably be The Wave by Susan Casey.
1: What's a song that you feel like you've listened to more than any other song?
0: There's one song that's called Bergs by Mr. Wolf. I don't know what it is. It's the words like "take me to another place." I absolutely love it. That and if you have not listened to the soundtrack to *Queens Gambit*, it is absolute magic.
1: Who makes you the happiest?
0: To be honest, like my nephews, those two guys make me laugh harder than anything I have experienced in a long, long time. They are no, not not that I haven't experienced that in a long time, but it is such a pure joyful laughter with those two people.
1: And relationships, do you feel like if you went the rest of your life and didn't find the relationship that things would be okay? Or do you feel like this is territory that you need to discover or else your life will not be what you want it to be?
0: That feels like a fluctuating answer. I think I am very comfortable, very happy in my own space. I love who I'm becoming and I love my own company and I would also love to meet an incredible human being. So I think that I'm very much in a place now where I wasn't probably like five years ago, definitely in a place where I feel really comfortable, very happy. And then some days I'm like, no, I'm not. This sucks. (laughs) (laughs) And I'm like, no, this is like I got dealt a hard card and then I can go down to like, you know, but I, I think that I would much rather be in a place of joy and happy and contentment than trying to be something that I'm not and struggling in a situation. So I think that very happy, super content as I am for sure, and also open to meeting an incredible soul.
1: And what do you think your friends would tell you if they could tell you anything, like the things that they don't tell you that they hold back on? What do you think they would really like to say that they can't?
0: Oh my God, that's such a great question. Because I'm pretty good at asking this and I have some great friends who are pretty honest with me who have really mirrored back some like, oh, ouch, but thank you moments. Most of the time, they, they really do say that.
1: That's good. Then you have good friends. That's good. And what do you want to get better at saying no to?
0: That's a tricky one. I don't know what I would say to that. That's a great question. Like what I would want to say.
1: Well, I guess, I guess the real question is about drawing boundaries in your life. I mean, the other, one of the things I talk about with my writing students and with other writers is this thing. I think I might have mentioned it to you about asking for 100% of what you want from 100% of the people in your life, 100% of the time. So if you did that, what would that look like in your life? And it's not very Canadian, I guess. <laughs> so what would that look like? And, and try not to be shy or try not to hold back in that. What would, what would full Zoe asking for what she wants look like?
0: That has created such an interesting twist in my stomach where I think, Oh, I do not feel comfortable to talk about that. And, but I don't know why. Like I'm in a moment right now thinking, why am I? Well, you
1: can edit it out. Edit it yeah, out. Yeah,
0: yeah. But it's, it's I'm funny, saying, right?
1: Like if it just dies right here yeah. <laughs> um, with, between you and me, just tell me, I'm your cab driver. Um, you're never going to see me again. Just tell me if you were asking for 100% of what you wanted from 100% of the people in your life, 100% of the time, what, would, what kinds of things would you ask for that you don't do now?
0: I probably would ask for more honesty, though I do think that I ask for honesty, but I, I think I do a little push-pull where I'd say, like, I want you to be honest, but don't hurt me. I think perhaps it would be twofold in that I would ask for honesty, but then I'd also have to ask for the same thing from myself.
1: Who were you in a previous life?
0: A beautiful woman of color with six kids and... Not to get too woo-woo, but I can actually tell you that my
1: name was (laughs) good. How do you spell it? G-E-R-D-I-E. Oh, wow. Oh, my gosh. (laughs) I I didn't know it was going to get that specific. I like it. I know, Zoe, that the people who listen to the podcast are people that love you and know you, a lot of them already. But I feel like just getting to know you this much more will make them love you even more so it was great to hear all these things and like just get behind the microphone a little bit so this is this was fun for me
0: oh thank you so much David that was David Hawkman, travel writer TEDx speaker and founder of the Upot Academy thanks so much for tuning in to the last show of 2020 and for joining me in exploring the upside of the unexpected to see that life isn't a straight line and thank goodness because that is where the magic in life lies You can subscribe to this podcast wherever you get your podcast, and you can find all the links and resources from this episode in the episode notes. If you enjoyed the show, please be sure to head over to iTunes to rate and leave a review. Or if there's someone you think would benefit from hearing this episode, be sure to share it with them. If you have any feedback or you'd like to send me a note, I'd love to hear your thoughts. Just send me a DM on Instagram at didn't see that coming underscore underscore. Until next year, when we'll meet in the glorious land of 2021, Have a wonderful holiday season. I'm Zoe Weldon, and you've been listening to Didn't See That Coming. Until next time, keep looking for the magic on the other side of the unexpected.